All right, buddy, we are recording. What's up, man? Good. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, dude, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I've been creeping on your uh, your Instagram probably about a year now. Uh, you know, I do the whole kayak fishing thing, and uh, you, dude, like, I, I don't even know where to start with this conversation with you. It seems like like 2019 was a you know interesting year for you as far as just all these like adventures you've been on. Like, I, you know, like I, I want to talk about so much, but I know we don't have like all all night to talk about it. So I'm gonna kind of like pick and choose and see what I can get out of you. All right. All right. All right, Ryan. So why don't you just uh, go ahead, just kind of introduce yourself, kind of who you are, you know, a brief about what you do, um, you know, just what's going on in your life right now. All right. Uh, I'm Ryan Lambert. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I travel around and kayak fish all over the country. We run a, uh, a local club in Chattanooga that has a, a pretty good established group of guys. And then I do uh, marketing and content creation for a few different companies in the outdoor industry, too. So, uh, I get to go on a lot of fun fishing trips and hunts, and that's kind of my favorite thing to do. My real job, I work in medical sales. Not as okay. interesting. Okay. So, so this, this this one job you're in, this con, like what do you call it, content creator? Um, yeah. Is that kind of like a new thing? Because it seems to be like a, like a lot of people I've talked to are getting into that. And I guess, yeah, I don't really know how to cause I, I guess it wasn't around when I was younger, but it seems like a lot of people are getting into it, and, and it's actually an actual career. And I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's small. It's anything from like just doing like, <clears throat> like small Instagram clips, like doing like, you know, long videos on YouTube. I don't know. Just, people all ask me what they do. Like, oh, I, I create content. I'm like, well, explain. So, I, I mean, used to, you know, before social media was this huge monster that it is, uh, all your marketing was done, you know, via magazine ads or TV commercials. Now that social media, I mean, if you think about the average amount of hours any person spends on social media a day is probably more than we'd like to admit you know two or three hours playing around give or take uh so that's kind of where the content creation stuff spawned from instead of them going to these big marketing agencies that that they used to uh now they'll have you know either freelance guys or people that they have on payroll uh to go out and and film their hunts you know whether that's like running an instagram story like during a fishing trip or something or it's like putting together a, a one minute video or, you know, a three to five minute product feature, depending on, on what you're looking for. But it's all because of social media. That's, that's where the whole career came from. Nice. Now you're, you're in like a bunch, so you're doing a bunch of different things as far as like the you know, content you're putting out. Cause you know, like I said, you know, this is you know, mainly mostly with the kayak anglers. I know you do a lot of stuff for like the, uh, you know, native kayaks, but you also seem to be doing things for like hunting, like like uh, you're out there like chasing the big bulls and you know, killing <laughs> ducks. Like I, I found your uh, your YouTube channel today. I'm like, dude, this this dude's all over the fucking place. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm not good at sitting still. Like I love to be like if I'm if I'm home, if I'm not working, then I try to be out doing something. And and my, one of my buddies, man, he hit me up uh, in the spring and he said, hey, I've got a spot in a in Idaho if you want to go chase elk. And I was like, yep, let's go. So. I reached out and I talked to a few different companies and talked to Under Armour and they were interested in, you know, getting some content out of that. So uh, that's kind of how I do it is if I have a big trip lined up, then I'll, I'll try to facilitate something with, with a company in the outdoor industry. I talked to the Mossy Oak guys quite a bit. Yeah, I'd like to actually start working with them a little more, both on the fishing side. We actually incorporated the Mossy Oak fishing stuff into the, the native Slayer Max video that we just did in Miami. Um, we were down there for five days doing peacock bass and snakeheads. Yeah. Uh, but duck hunting, I just got back from Arkansas like three weeks ago. We went out there and I shot some stuff for frog togs, uh, duck hunting. So 
all kind of, I mean, <laughs> you never know what you'll fall into. So it, it kind of sounds like you're like a, a kind of like a freelance guy. Is that kind of, yeah. Is that, oh, yeah. Like, like the same thing you used to see with like, uh, you know, like Time magazines, like everyone's like working really hard to get this, you know, this, this, this badass picture so they can sell it to Times or, or sell it to like, or whatever, you know, magazine that they're into. Is that kind of like how this, this content shit works? Yeah. Out? I mean, similar. A lot of it is, is networking. You know, you meet, meet people, build the relationship. And then when I have something come up, I'll just kind of shop it around. And I try to do that beforehand. That way it gives me a little more direction when I'm out there because especially like duck hunts or whatever, like people are wearing two or three different brands of camouflage or whatever. So if, if, if I'm doing a product specific shoot, then I'll have that company send me and my buddies, you know, waders and jackets or whatever to wear. That way everybody's kind of uniform in the, in the shoot. All right. Now is this like kind of dictated? Like, cause I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like you work with Native and you you help design some of their, their stuff. Is or how's that? <laughs> or so I don't know. I, I, like I said, so, you wear so a lot this of hats. is an oddly timed interview. I actually uh, oh, resigned from Native Monday. Oh man, am I, uh, am I so, a dickhead for bringing this up? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, this is a hot button item right now. It's been blowing up all over the internet. Oh, dude, um, perfect. Yeah, we you know we just we just launched that new boat and uh, <clears throat> Native. Their parent company merged with Bonafide Kayaks. Okay. And with Bonafide Kayaks, that just brought some things that I, I didn't really want associated with the, the five years I've put into growing this brand. And I, I kind of put my foot down. And, and I mean, it's for me, it's a, like a moral stance on it. It's personal. So right. I said, if, if this is the way that you want to run it, that's absolutely fine. It's your business, but I'm not yeah. going to participate in it. And, okay. <laughs> and here we are. You know, it's kind of funny. I haven't heard all about it, but um, I was talking to another angler I think we're mutual friends with, and he's he's kind of helping me out with a little bit with the uh, with the, with the fishing podcast I'm starting, as far as like you know the logo and shit. He was yeah. and he was like, "You have you heard about this?" I'm like, you know, I, I try I stay I stay away from the shit for one. I don't know enough people in the kayak world to really like give a fuck. Like it's yeah. what it is. But like he he mentioned something about uh, Chad and Native, and he said there's he, he said that you need to get in and you need to talk to these people because you know controversy and, and drama sells i'm like all right Dude, so, here we go i hate it i hate i love bullshitting around and having a good time yeah. but this is something that i like it was my first kayak i know everybody in the factory on a first name basis like it's like a family i mean we have a relationship we did they let me do that custom gray goose color and now they now they released it as a factory option and then designed the titan on the you know on the design team for that on the design team for the max me and my buddy Chase Tanner just went down and shot the commercial for it. Like, I mean, I was so intertwined into that brand. I yeah. mean, it was like, you know, putting down old Yeller. I mean, that's what it felt like. Like, it sucked. I was, I was pissed. Like, I mean, like handshaking, like on a conference call. Like, it makes me so angry that, I mean, it's, it's business. It is. Right. It, but it pisses me off that you're going to throw away something that tight knit for a dollar. Or for right. what you think is going to be a dollar. Right. Uh, it ended up like there was, uh, I mean, we've had eight or nine guys just leave the team. And we've had dealers, you know, really concerned about orders and stuff. I mean, it uh, there's there's going to be some shockwaves felt for a little bit on this one. Yeah, that's weird because Natives, it's, it's kind of like a pretty, like I was looking, like when I first got into it, I was looking at Natives. Like a lot of, there's a lot of guys out there that are into in that, you know, into the Natives and, uh, yeah. So, do they actually sell, or they just they, they just merge, and they're going to they're going to still build their line, or are they going? Is it gone? Uh, no, Bonafide's still going to be an existing line. Okay. Um, 
but it's it's going to be they move they shut down their factory all those guys are you know gone i think they brought three people with them out of their whole operation um so they brought them over they named luther the owner bonafide they named him as president under under the ceo that kind of runs all four brands uh there's two like a whitewater brand and then like a you know recreational paddle brand as well under that umbrella but i mean it's just it's a lot of adjustment for for the guys at the factory as well i mean it's not yeah. easy for them the difference is you know they're getting a check like they, they make a living wage off of it like my right. relationship with native the deal that we had like i mean it's peanuts and and it's i'm grateful that i had the opportunity to have that kind of input but as far as like return on the stress level that this shit's caused like i don't need it so right you know if when it when it becomes not fun you shouldn't be doing it exactly so what's what's the deal now are you gonna you're gonna get you gonna join another team are you are you just taking a break i mean 2019's over man it's everyone's kind of relaxed and getting ready for 2020 but you know i don't know man I, honestly my, i mean my phone has been blowing up all week long I've talked to a couple different companies that have reached out, you know, trying to to get something going. But I don't think I'm going to I don't want to affiliate with just one company. I did yeah. meet up with uh, AJ McWhorter and picked up three Hobies, two of the new 360s. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to test those out and do like a, a real world review, like not kind of some fluff magazine article, but really run through it pretty good and yeah. see, you know, if if there is a weak point, there might not be. But usually on most kayaks, there's something that that's a weakness. So right, I'm gonna Shit. do that. I think. Yeah, I guess you were saving this for your podcast, right? Because you you're you're a co-host on a, the uh, kayak uh, Bass nation. Nation, right? Yeah, I, I've been listening to that. It's I like it. It's it's got some attitude to it. We got, we, <laughs> we are outside the lines. Is, oh no, sure. Where I, we we tend to live. Yeah, I, I I was on your uh the Facebook or whatever you got to be approved. I, I was on that shit for like one day, and I'm like, dude, these two, these dudes are savages, dude. I had to like unfollow, get away. You guys are hurt, yeah, it hurt gets people's out of hand, feelings man. and shit. Uh, we try to keep. I mean, but the deal with that place is it's an open forum. Right, right. So we don't police anything. Is if if you as long as you don't talk about anybody's family or you know like politics, you know some dumb right, shit. Right. But like pretty much like if if. <laughs> You got something to say, say it, but say it under the context that you may get lit up for it. So, you, right, right. You know, yeah, it, it polices itself to an extent. But I mean, we have had people that just are habitual line steppers that just try to take it, you know, over yeah. the edge. And uh, we, we have to get on it a little bit then. But for the most part, man, we just let it run. And yeah. uh, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But the, the people that are trying to hide the secrets, they don't like that place because right, all right. the all the dirty laundry comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also I mean, it's good you get this, as long as you can be like somewhat, you know, I like to stir shit too. you know, every now and then, like you get like a lot of constructive criticism, like things that could possibly lead to better products or, lead, you, know, you know, a lot of people like they don't see their own bullshit. It's not necessarily their fault, but it's just like, you know, when you. When you have something you created and, and, and you're trying to put this product out, and you're trying to sell to people and have them buy into it, you know, it's everyone's kissing your ass and you get that one dude like, no, this is this isn't right or this uh, and it gives you a if, as long as you can like, you know, be open minded and want to improve, you you, you get a, a chance to have someone tell you, you know, what they think is fucked up and then there you go, you have an opportunity to, I don't know, reach reach other people or or, or build a better product, but. You know, and you have to go into it and with with the mindset that, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Right. Like, like there's stuff that I read. And honestly, I try not to 
to engage in a whole lot of back and forth but i mean there's some stuff that i read that you know just kind of it, it may get my ears a little bit red but i'm like ah come on now like that's yeah that's probably not worth it yeah yeah so um like i said like it's like you had like you know a really big big year like just doing tons of shit uh i want you to go back to like the beginning of 2019 and like how, how did your year start i mean you know, I know the, uh, you know, KBF and you did some, did you do KBF this year? Or did you stick to yeah. like the Hobie? Mm-hmm. No, I did KBF. I fished, uh, it started, I guess the first real big event was Chickamauga, the Hobie Bass Open Series. Uh, it rained, I mean, like 14 inches overnight. The lake came up like 10 feet while we were fishing the tournament. There were logs washing down the rivers. Like, I mean, it was sketchy. It got bad. I mean, in, in all honesty, it was, it wasn't safe in some areas to be fishing. Uh, so that's how my first tournament went. Uh, my spot was blown all the way out. It was on my home lake, Chickamauga. Huge struggle fest. I got my yeah. ass kicked. Uh, that motivated me a little bit. I was like, all right, you know, we're going to have to get with it this year. So next next big tournament was the national championship on Caddo. Yeah. Uh, you know, Texas, Louisiana. <clears throat> and I went down there and caught some fish, man. I caught some good fish. I ended up, I think, like 40th out of. 460 or something like that. Yeah, cast a check. That was it. That was my whole yeah. goal. Uh, after that was the KBF Gunnersville event. Mm-hmm. Me and my, me and one of my, I mean, honestly, one of the guys that I look up to, he's an old logger that fishes with us, Jody Campbell. And uh, me and him went back and forth one and two all day long in that tournament. <laughs> he ended up edging me out. And uh, that was a good one. I won the pro side of the event on that one. <clears throat> they went back kbf and at like 8 30 that night i get a phone call saying oh one of your fish was a duplicate yeah i remember hearing about that yeah and yeah. like 8 30 at night and i'm like you can't do shit then like i can't go catch another fish at 8 30 like that's and so what it was is it showed on the gps location like i it you know caught the same fish like 200 yards <laughs> down the freaking down the <laughs> lily pad field and i'm like what the hell like you know me in the sun like I, you know, I'm fishing, man. I'm not yeah. like, testing DNA and shit. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> that kind of pissed me off because I, I had thrown back four more 18-inch fish that would have taken that one's place right. because I didn't think I needed it. And that was a lesson I learned. Now I take a picture of any fish that's close to my lowest cull just in case just in case anything crazy ever happens. But uh, that kind of motivated me a little bit. I wasn't going to fish the FLW event on Nickajack, yeah. and that, that kind of got me going. Uh, so I fished it day one. I was in like eighth place and, uh, it was a young kid, uh, from Michigan. Bogdan is his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I taught, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I saw he was winning. I texted him that morning. I said, you better watch out kid. I'm coming. And he's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I said, keep your eyes on the leaderboard. I was just bullshitting. I had right. no idea that I, that I could make a run at it. And I got within like an inch and a quarter of it. I made up 10 inches on day two. And uh, just about knocked him off. I ended up in second on that one. Yeah, uh, that, it, was, uh, that was you cash another check, check, right? Cash another check. Yeah. Uh, then you know the next good one was the Hobie on Gunnersville. Uh, I finished sixth on it, and my buddy Stevo he finished second. He caught like 101 inches on day two of that thing, just blew it out of the water. And uh, then the following two weeks later, we had the Tournament of Titans with Jordan Lee. Uh, he fished with us and we met at the classic, uh, not met, I've, I've met him before, but we were talking at the classic and my daughter was there and he was joking around. He said, 
I'm going to beat your daddy up on Gunnersville in October. And she looked at him. She said, you can't beat my daddy up. <laughs> and he said, I meant in fishing. So after the tournament, I FaceTimed my daughter and I said, you remember what Jordan said at the classic, don't you? She said, you beat him, didn't you? And he was sitting next to me. I said, tell her. He said, yeah, he beat me. <laughs> he said, you were right. I'm going to get him next year, though. Uh, we had a blast with that. Now, did you, um, like I said, like you did the other stuff. Like, you know, I saw that you went hunting and you did all these other things. Do you have like a certain time or, or is it, does it all just like kind of work together where you're able to keep fishing all these tournaments or do you, or do you, is there a cutoff time where you're like, I'm going to go do the, you know, like how'd you, ch how'd you choose what you're going to do in 2019? I try. So September is generally an off month for fishing. That's mm -hmm. September slump. Like there's not a whole lot of good, good right. places in September. So that's when we do our elk hunt every year uh, in Idaho. So we just booked it today. We're doing 10 days out there next year. Okay. Um, but generally speaking, like after Thanksgiving, I'm done fishing. Like I take two months to duck hunt or deer hunt, whatever, uh, usually duck hunt. So yeah, uh, we started with an Arkansas trip. I've got a, a Sandhill crane hunt that I'm going to film uh, in Chattanooga. Then we're doing a tundra swan hunt in North Carolina. And then we're doing sea ducks in Virginia. Damn, dude. You're, you're, I need to be friends with you, man. Like I need to... <laughs> this is this uh this is my first season uh this is my first season bow hunting so i quit fishing um in october no yeah. i'm sorry late, late september and i was i was already having a hard time like you know the pat there's no pattern like the fish are just they're stubborn and so you know october like i i, I got my first year bow hunting and I, I think that's what i'm gonna do i think especially like when you do the tournament scene like i, I was burnt out come uh you know, come like early September, I was like, I'm like, dude, I'm so tired of fishing right now. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, you know, it's just, just tired of it. Like, I've been the, like, usually I'm, I'm by June, I'm burnt out because by June, you've had tournaments every weekend or every other weekend through yeah. the whole spring. I think I fished 26 tournaments in nine different states this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So you're, you're, you're traveling all over the place. Um, I travel for work too, so okay. like I literally live in a suitcase. I'm home maybe six days a month. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, I mean, that's crazy. And you you do all like you're you're fishing uh, KBF. You're doing the Hobie. Um, what do you think about this coming season? Everything looks like it's uh things have changed. I, I kind of like what KBF did with the uh, the uh, whatever the the conference like you know like the, the Northeast is smaller than what yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. like and things yeah, like that. Moved, and then, they moved some things around. I think you're gonna see a big shakeup this year. Okay. Um, honestly, you know, last year was Hobie's first year doing multiple events. They've always done the big, excuse me, the big open on Kentucky Lake. This is yeah. their first year that they've done multiple open events, and honestly, man, they killed it. Like yeah. the, the atmosphere, the atmosphere going into those tournaments is. You know, and I'm not knocking KBF because that's the way we've always done it. You know, yeah. you go to a pavilion and there's, you know, 50 or 60 dudes standing around in the hot sun, sweating to death. The Hobie events, man, you walk into usually like a chamber of commerce or a convention center and it's air conditioned, white tablecloths. There's a meal for you to eat. And there's, you know, huge like wall size banners, you know, right. that they do pictures in front of. There's actual checks that you take your pictures with. There's trophies on hand. I mean, it's it's just a much more organized event, you know, put on. There's Honestly, they didn't have any rule changes. They didn't have any boundary issues. The fish were judged quickly, and you were paid out, like, within two weeks at the latest. I mean, yeah. very quick payouts. They took what needed to be improved on, and they improved on every bit of it. 
And I do like, hats off to them because that I was a surprise. I haven't done a Hobie yet. I might do my first one uh, this year in uh, at Lake Erie. Uh, yeah. But did, you think like some of the reasons why they're a lot more successful, or I'm not, I don't know which ones how you even uh, based off success, but it seems like they're doing really good. But there's like two things I see is like it's it's not it's not as big as uh, the KBF as far as like you know KBF's got tournaments every weekend all over the country. You know, there's, there's just there's so much going on in the KBF. And I look at Hobie and there's like there's only a certain amount of events, you know, and there's one here, there's one there, but it's not like I mean, some days the KBF has like three or four tournaments in like one day in different parts of the country. And I think that's honestly, man, I think that leads to a lot of the, you know, I don't want to say misses, but a lot of the oversights, you know, like in judging and stuff like, because they have two or three paid judges that are judging, you know, right. 800 fish at a time. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It is. And yeah. I, I'm glad that they scaled that back because I think they needed to. I think quality over quantity, especially when you're getting into the higher end of the tournament scene, like, Right. You know, fishing a twenty or thirty dollar local tournament's not a big deal, but when you're talking like 150, 175, 200 bucks, like yeah, you're looking at prize pots. Well, and that's another thing. Hobie's a hundred percent payout, so where they could have the same number or less competitors, they're paying out four times as much money yeah. for first place. I mean, it's that was something that that was also a, a big improvement. I think you'll see that change as well uh, across the board for next year. What do you think about? Because this is like kind of like my, as far as like I still don't know everything that's going on with the uh, 2020 CD. I'm still like reading into it. Um, and it looks like you know Hobie's really making a run for it. Um, but the thing I don't see that works for me is that like you know I'm, I'm not I don't feel ready to compete with like the best, of the best, of the best. Like you know I don't want to go like you know, even with the KBF. I'm not doing the pro series. Like I'll do the trail, and I'll, you're you know, going to be fishing against the same dudes. Yeah, yeah, I know. But as far as like the, the money that you put into it, you know, oh, I mean? I know. Yeah, I get that's the part that uh yeah. that bothers me. Uh, you know, because I went and fished with that uh, not fish with him, but that Casey Reed guy. I'm not a bit uh, that that motherfucker could fish. All right, I did Casey Lake Anna. Him, man. I, I did Lake Anna with him, and no one caught fish, and he caught them all. He must have caught them all. But uh, you know, like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready like to go head to head, like really head to head with a guy like that. Um, yeah. You know, and, and put like a two hundred dollars down on a you know on a on a pro vet. I don't really see like, but you know, KBF has all the uh, the you know the trail vets, and they mm-hmm. have like you know a place where like guys like me can. Like, you know, you know, cut our teeth in the water, you know, get, yep. and get and work our way up. You know, I don't, what's Hobie doing about it? It's Hobie just seems like you're either ready for the biggest uh, show. Hobie's going for the elite level trip. Okay. They are. Yeah. So they're taking, you know, what I think what was going to be something similar to the FLW kayak series this year. I, th- I don't know. I haven't heard officially what happened with that. I assume it, you know, there's no bit, there's been no release on it yet. I assume it got scrapped with the, the MLF. Yeah, uh, buyout. But I mean, that's what Hobie was shooting for was was that big, you know, top tier. Like everybody's talking about being a pro, being a pro. Right. And I'm not talking about pro staff. I'm talking about literally where you're making a sizable amount of income off fishing tournaments. Right. They're trying to gear their stuff toward that. And okay. And I, I think when you see these Hobie events, and, and now BASS is coming out, you know, with their kayak series. Um, you're trying to gain the attention of sponsors that aren't necessarily tied to kayak fishing. You right. Know, you're trying to get the, the Toyotas of the world or, you know, like you, you're trying to get that kind of attention because it's going to take that kind of money before anybody can do it for a living. There's some guys that are traveling now, but I'm talking about like actually make a living doing it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not really like that in the, uh, the kayak world. Like, but yeah, I mean, that's, I don't, you know, like, 
I'm looking at it, and I, I like to have variety of things I can choose from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and so I, you know, I'm going to stick with the KBF this year uh, and, and do that, and like you know, continue cutting my teeth and, and getting better. But uh, you know, it does. You know, when when a, when a Hobie does come close by, it looks like it's something I really want to do because you, you're right. When, when I watched like um, when Greg Blanchard win his his big one out west, yep. like it looked like a really good, a, a well ran professional event. Um, yeah. You know, and I talked. To, you know, I talked, talked to some of the guys that he fishes with about it, and they said it was like second to none. Like, I, dude, I that, I talked, the tournament of champions, we went and fished it in Arkansas. That was also a huge deal. That's that was my whole goal last year was to qualify for that tournament. Mm-hmm. Getting out there, it's the top fifty. I mean, it is the talk about the cream of the crop. Like anybody sitting in that room could beat your eyeballs out <laughs> at any <laughs> second. I mean, it's whoever really you know got got onto the fish. But I mean, it was it was. Uh, it was quite a, a group of people there, but like their prize bag, they had like, you know, captain's bags or whatever. It was like 350 bucks worth of stuff in the captain's bag plus yeah. meals every night. I mean, it was, I'm like, what is happening here? And Ike's there, Ike's hanging out, you know, just bullshitting with everybody. Right. I mean, it was, uh, it, that was, that was it, man. When you talk about a real championship, that's what I imagine a championship. Right. And I love the national championship because it brings, all my friends from everywhere together. I get to see my boys from Cali, Texas, you know, Utah, Oregon, everybody's together, but it's so many people. Like it's like, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, my goal was to make it to the national champion. I, I failed horribly at it, but uh, you know, it's, uh, but then again, like I look at, cause I had a lot, a lot of my friends cause the way KBF did it this year is like you, if you won like your local chapter, like your local. Yeah. Event, yeah. 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 We did that too. Yeah, yeah I, I, I tell you, like, it's 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 Chad Hoover's baby, and like, I don't I don't care. But you know, when I look into it, it's just like that's that's insane that like there, that many people are gonna be going to the 2020 national champion. Like it's 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 like it's almost like saturated. It's instead of like the top, the best, the best, the best. It's just like yeah, you're gonna have like so many people. It's, it's like, much more of like an open style setup, right? And, and, but the reason it's like that is so you can get those entry fees and you can put up this huge number to get the attention. Right. And I mean, that's what it's for. It's to get the attention of, of municipalities and outside sponsors. It, but for the anglers part of it. Right. I mean, you're basically entering the lottery for 300 bucks or 500 bucks, depending on what time of year you pay. Like, I mean, what? it's, but even like, you know, for the top tier fishermen, you know, like you and like some of these other guys, it's like, you know, having that many people in the water has got to affect, you know, it's going to affect your performance, right? Because it's like it it's one sucks. thing if you take a hundred of the best guys, right, and you put them on a lake, let them compete. Only a hundred of those guys are out there. But let's say you take a hundred of the best guys, and then you take four hundred of the okay guys, and now you have a you know the water's just being smashed. People are pre-fishing two weeks in advance. You know, yeah. out there just you're trying to win this fat check, and like you know fish. You know, they're all like PTSD. They're they're watching their brothers get hit, and you know, just just. Just chaos well, I mean, and just I mean, the pressure from there being that many boats going around everywhere, uh, like Caddo, for instance, I was fishing area on Caddo when I was pre-fishing, I saw maybe four other people out there total. And I caught like in pre-fishing, not in one spot, just that area. I caught four fish over 22 inches pre-fishing, not even hitting it hard. And I'm like, this is it, man. This is the yeah. spot. All that pressure. So out of 400 and something anglers, probably 300 of them were on Caddo. Just yeah. just Caddo out of the seven lakes that were open. Like That's, there we had I think we had about thirty-five launch at the launch I put in at. Like it was yeah. it was dumb. I mean it was just people all over each other. And I say because like logistically that's gotta be a you know a bitch too because uh, everyone's gotta park 
you know, oh, everyone's, yeah. got, everyone's got to have a place to sleep. Everyone's got to, you know, it's just like, it's, you know, I, I don't know how big that area is as far as like, you know, how they can accommodate, you know, people. But I mean, that's, that's a lot of people that just come out uh, of nowhere. It was a like, mess in the parking lot. It was yeah. a mess. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing you had to wake up like two, three hours early just to try to snag, uh, snag your spot, right? If I drank less, I would wake up two or three hours earlier. I usually, <laughs> I usually wake up like an hour late and get yeah. there, but I got there. I launched, I only launched like one day in the national championship. <laughs> so, you know, with the, you know, obviously the season's over, um, you know, we're taking breaks. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Uh, when do you think you're going to start sitting down and really planning out your uh, your 2020 season? I pretty much already got it mapped out. Okay. Now, um, is it uh, have you figured out like which way, like which way you're going to go? Like, are you going to go Hobie heavy, KBF heavy? Uh, uh, you know, Hobie heavy. I'm going Hobie heavy. I mean, just the return on investment is is second to none. BASS. I'm going to fish a few of those. We got one on Chickamauga. Uh, I'm fishing the classic on Logan Martin. Um, I'm probably going to fish the clear Lake event in California too. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do like probably five, probably five Hobies and four BASS in the national championship. Now, uh, when you, you know, cause like I learned a lot, you know, with the, the 2019 season, like, you know, how, and, and like, I don't think like, Sometimes I feel like uh, sometimes you do too many tournaments, you're gonna lose too many tournaments, and like I'm kind of feeling like, Dude. you know, I would I would much rather plan hard for a few tournaments, and, and really because I mean it, it takes a lot of money and a lot of things to go to these tournaments and to do these oh, tournaments, yeah. and so I would much rather invest in like ones that you know I see potential or um, uh, whatever. Just like I said, like you know, focusing on like a whole shit ton of tournaments. Yeah, you know, picking a few. And like hitting those hard, like you know, making the time, taking the time to go, you know, out a week prior, uh, you know, because now it's like because I'm I'm doing so many of them, I'm going out there maybe two days prior to pre fish, yeah. you yeah. know, it's oh, like yeah. I'm starting to feel like sometimes you know, you get too caught up on like wanting to do tournaments instead of just getting good at doing a tournament. Do you ever have like a feel like ever had like that's something about when one of these seasons? Yeah, because some of these tournaments, man, like I know going into it. I've never seen the water, you know, right. like I'm not on fish. I didn't have a lot of time to pre-fish. Um, but I mean, honestly, the ones that I, that I'll give myself three or four days to figure it out, I do so much better. And I mean, yeah. that time, you can't beat time on the water. And right. I think that at some point as these tournaments keep growing and there's more people that are able to travel for whatever reason, whenever they want to, like Christine, for instance, like, you know, she she does like marketing stuff for the most part as her job. So she can go sit on the side of whatever creek she wants to. And, and she has that much time on the water. Right. So that that gives you a whole lot more in your deck than anybody else. Right. Um, that's what you're competing against. And you got to yeah. think about that. Right. Yeah. 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 But like it, so areas that I know, like Chickamauga, Gunnersville, like Kentucky Lake has flipped me. I used to know Kentucky Lake pretty good and it it's it's changed so much with all the asian carp stuff and the right. fish pattern completely different there's not these giant schools out deep that there used to be um but you know comfort areas i i, I feel better going into blind or on one day of pre-fishing or something yeah uh but the further away it gets that i that is is out of my comfort zone i need more time on it right and so you're not are you you're not really messing around like doing just tons and tons of small tournaments like I fish, a, I fish my local trail, too. So me okay. and uh, Steve Owens, we run our local club. We do 10 tournaments a year through our local club. And then we, we make our schedule around 
around the big national events. So okay. that's that's how you get your plate full. So pretty much every weekend there's something going on. Right. And so what are we what are we think about uh your content for 2020? Like and I know the native thing is is gone, but like what are you what's 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 going to be big for you in 2020? I, I honestly I don't know. So I mean I've I've talked to I, I work with Plano some and Calco's fishing. Uh, I want to do some more stuff. Cause I put a lot of focus into native and I know I did, I prioritized them over everything else. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to, you know, pull my weight a little more on these, these other companies that I work with, uh, hook one, it's our local kayak shop in Nashville. Uh, they've approached me about maybe doing, you know, some kind of regular scheduled content for them. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, I want to do like boat reviews. I think I'm going to start doing kind of, I don't want to say ball busting, but like not pulling any punches on new guys. Like, so they can watch a video and actually see what a weak point of a boat might be instead of, you know, you read a magazine article and they're like, Oh, four and a half at a five star. Like they don't tell you, Hey, the handle broke and there's, you know, <laughs> water in the hull and the rudder fell off. Like they leave that. Out. And I get it. I mean, you don't want to be like <laughs> too, too harsh on them. But, <laughs> but then you get people that go out and buy these cheap boats that just, fell off the back of the truck going down the street and they wonder why it fell apart. Well, because nobody told you not to right. do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think I want to do some stuff like that. Uh, I've talked to a couple of uh, kayak companies and I think I'm going to do kind of some freelance work. I've right. told every one of them, I don't want to be tied to one brand. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm going to, I'm probably going to have a Hobie or two in my fleet now, but there's a couple of the native boats that I'm keeping that I just love so much that I can't get rid of. So yeah, we'll mix right. it up a little bit. Well, just a few more things. I'll let you get back to uh, to what you got going on tonight. But uh, what was I gonna say? Um, you know, so you know, with all the stuff you're doing with your content, all these tournaments, and you know, you, you've been in kayak fishing for a while. Um, like what 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 are you looking for as far as like? Because you know, obviously, you know, it's the the, the big money's not there uh, as far as like making like a living off just being a tournament fisher. Like, what are you really trying to get out of like everything that you're doing? I mean, I mean, you're doing, you know, I know you love it and, you know, hobbies are great, but like you, like, I mean, like you're jumping in, like you're, 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 you're doing cartwheels and throwing hand grenades and like, you're, you're all about this shit. Um, what are you trying to get out of it? You know, are you trying to make a living off it? Are you trying to, I, I don't, I, I really don't know. I mean, okay. I'm not like, I really love the competition part, but the, the, the connections that I've got to make from this sport, there's not a dollar amount that you can put on it. Like, when, when I got one of my friends called in Nashville and they're like, hey, Aaron Lewis wants to start kayak fishing. Can you take him? Yeah. Like stuff like that. I mean, that's I don't know how you value that. Like right. what I'm trying to get out of it is just to keep running it as long as I can, you know, just okay. to stay, keep keep moving, keep keep going on with it. We've talked about one of my buddies. He films quite a bit. We're, uh, you know, we're going to shoot a TV pilot and he's going to pitch it to uh, the one of the networks that he has a show on now. So, I mean, I don't know. I think, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be something along those lines, you know, it, probably in the media or marketing side. I don't know if I would quit my real job to do it because it's, it's hard, you know, like it's right. tough to, to roll the dice on something uh, brand new. I've talked about it a couple of times in the past, but I mean, I, I just want to see, you know, I want to see it keep growing and see how big it gets. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it'll probably be five years before there's enough money in it to make a living off tournament fishing. Right. If you're good, you know, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard to find those sponsors that are going to put 
60 grand in your pocket for you to live, you know, to chase this stuff. So, right. um, I don't know, man, uh, content creation, probably marketing, something like that. Yeah. I enjoy the boat design part of it. Uh, you know, just ideas, trying to think of new and different stuff and, you know, what you can change up. I wouldn't mind, you know, doing like some like consultant type stuff on that for different companies. I don't know that I'll ever tie myself to one brand again after this experience because you, you get so invested in it. like it's more than just uh, the name on the side of your boat. Like right. those guys were family, you know. So I don't, I don't want to put myself. <laughs> yeah, in that yeah, I can't, I can't believe this was dropped on me. Uh, but that I mean, so I mean, it's kind of like you just don't really have like any like super like high expectations man you're just kind of doing what you love and we'll see what happens if, as long you know, as i enjoy it i'm gonna keep right. on doing it like it's not what pays the bills but you know meeting the people that i've got to meet and and i'm, I'm sure it's gonna something's gonna happen i know like right. you, you keep plugging along yeah, you keep, you keep doing something you get good at you know something will happen um yeah so you know last thing uh that'll you get out of here but it's like you know, I've seen you, you know, you post, you know, footage of your, uh, your daughter, you know, you're doing a lot of things with her. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell me what it's like being a dad and, you know, and raising a daughter. And I, you know, I, I love seeing this picture of dads, like, you know, teaching daughters how to shoot guns. Yeah. You know, like, you know, one thing that I think is important, you know, I got daughters too. Um, you know, it's like, I really think it's important that dads are, are a lot more involved, especially with the, with the daughters. Yeah. Because, oh, you yeah. know, I, th I think daughters, especially in the world we live in, you know, like they need their dads, uh, and they need them a lot because there's a lot of things that we can teach them that moms just don't have, just don't have that kind of experience that we have, yeah. you know, like we, we know guys, we know how dudes are, we, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I wish everyone could, you know, you know, like, you know, when I think of like, you know, one I have a lot of respect for, but you see her name was like Christine Fisher, you know, like, you know, like if, if my daughter was to come to me one day, like, Hey, I want to be like her when I grow up, I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, he did it, but like, worry, what's it like for you, you know, raising a daughter, you know, doing all these things, you know, the involvement you have in her life, you know, just some, stuff like that like she is she's hilarious she uh has plenty of attitude smart mouth you cannot like they you can't tell her she can't do anything like she you know she will have to try to do it so uh honestly man like she's been a daddy's girl since she was a baby we used to she didn't watch saturday morning cartoons she would sit next to me and we'd watch hunting shows on tv uh like you know she'd go out and help me wash my jeep and stuff and she's actually the reason I, I got in a kayak period. Uh, she was, let's see, she was four years old and I wanted to start taking her out on the little rivers at home that me and my grandpa used to fish on. So I went and bought a two seater native kayak and we caught a couple bass accidentally. And I was like, Hey, this bass fishing ain't too hard. I'd never bass fished before, you know, got into this world and it's all because of her. And she, she goes with me to this stuff. She goes to the tournament. She goes to the class. She went to the Bassmaster classic with me. Like I try to involve her. I don't force her to do stuff, but anything that she wants to do, I let her. So like kayak fishing, she's like, daddy, I want a kayak. All right, go get your kayak. You know, she goes out and catches fish and, and has a good time doing it. And like Thanksgiving, traditionally on Thanksgiving, duck season opens the day after on Black Friday. So we're sitting there Thanksgiving. She's like, dad, can we go scout for ducks? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we take the boat out and let her drive it around. And she's like, can I hunt with you in the morning? I was like, if you'll get up four <laughs> o'clock, man, she popped right up and she was ready to go. And then, you know, we just watched, like, I don't want to like traumatize or anything. So after that, she's like, can I shoot? Can we teach me how to shoot a gun? And she's shot like BB guns, but she's never shot a shotgun. So <laughs> I, I went and got my uncle's single shot 410 and a box of shells. 
And she sat and shot every single shell out of that box. <laughs> and she's Damn. like, I think I can do it. And I was like, all right. I mean, stuff like that. Like, I, I want her to have fun and appreciate the outdoors. I want to teach her kind of the life skills early. I don't want her to be prissy little thing, you know, in high school that doesn't, you know, doesn't know how to change a tire or, you know, take care of herself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big thing for me. Like I, yeah, I, I want I, I, her to be well-rounded. She, right, can be, she can spend money on clothes and go get her nails done and whatever, but I want her to be able to, you know, take care of herself. Yeah. And I think that's, 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 that's why dads are important. Like it's important to be a good dad and especially, you know, being involved in your daughter's life and not just letting them, you know, I, I think you know, that's one thing that I kind of messed up in the beginning when my daughter was younger. But now as they're getting older, I'm like, like, oh, I, I got to get them ready for this shit. I got to get them ready for the uh, you know, for high school and things like that. You know, so I know it's really I cool. I try to teach her like to not one of the biggest things I try to push. I don't want her to be mean. I don't want her to be hateful to people, but I don't ever want her to get walked on. Like, exactly. There's she had this bully chick in basketball that was, I mean, just beat the hell out of her. And I was like, honey elbow her in the nose like you elbow her in the nose one time and that'll change her view on life and she did and then she looks up at me in the stand smiling like did you see that and i'm like God, like that. don't do that <laughs> don't put that on me but i mean it's you can't you know that's that's part of it too like don't ever let people walk on you ever right yeah all right man well i appreciate you doing this i know you're busy um you know and you know, good luck with uh you know everything coming up next season uh, you know 2020 uh hopefully we can do this again as we get closer to the season yeah. um and you know we'll talk some shit but uh yeah man keep doing what you're doing i love all the shit you're putting out and uh you know i'll talk to you later i appreciate it thanks for having me on man all right brother take it easy see you